You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The Imagine Theater's first ever video game night takes place on November 16th at the Imagine Theater in Royal Oak. Hosted by Activate's own Bailey Ray, you can play against friends and enemies in the newest sports games on the hottest systems. Get your hands on the latest in virtual reality or enjoy retro living rooms with the systems to match. Drink and food specials including an all-you-can-eat taco and nacho bar as well as door prizes and giveaways all night. Space is limited, so go to ActivateGaming.com Imagine to reserve your spot today. That's A-C-T-I-V, the number 8, Gaming.com Imagine. Ladies and gentlemen, you could move to a different country, change your name, you could hide out with the Amish, and you're not fooling me with that Michael Myers mask. You are now listening to The Watch List. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. I hope you're all in your costume listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And, of course, my name is Casey Pierce. And I'm Holly Ogden. The beautiful gorgeous and very smart Holly Ogden. And mm-hmm. DJ Just. Hey. All right, guys. How's your Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> Mine was fantastic. I was at school. All right. What about you, Jess? I handed out candy to kids and kept smacking Chris's hand so he'd stop eating it because he's got, like, gut rot now because he's eating, like, two bags of candy in the last two days. <laughs> no, that's Jason. I yeah. mean, we picked out Crystal Halloween candy. candy. And, of course, he's looking for specific ones. <laughs> what is the popular choice of, of candy to hand out for Halloween? Well, for us, it was the peanut butter Snickers, but we didn't want to pass out a lot of that. Thanks, so do you Jason. choose the candy that you like so if you do have leftover, you can devour it? Or do you choose candy you don't like so that you don't eat it? I did number one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> the white chocolate she Kit sounds Kats. so like guilty. <laughs> oh I love candy. She's like hiding it behind the couch, <laughs> telling Jason. I actually, that. I did hide it. Oh, her, <laughs> both, of you, both of you. You did hide it. <laughs> you tell me you're smacking your. Well, these kids do not appreciate white chocolate Kit Kats like I do. They don't like white chocolate. <laughs> I, I'm hormonal. <laughs> I need kids this. know nothing, Casey. Nope. You know what? And they were a bunch of bitch-ass pussies. <laughs> did, you, did you tell them that as they were like, oh, I was about to tell their parents cats. that. The parents that got out of the you car. You raised some bitch-ass pussies. Yep. For <laughs> real. Maternal instinct right there. <laughs> Seriously. Like, okay, if I was the mom and the kids were like, um, I go up to the house and grab my candy for me. Hail to the no. They said that? Yeah. They were like, I'm up here because my kid's tired and they're in the car. I would have took the bowl of candy away. I said, nope. Nope. Work for this. Yep. (laughs) That's why I guess I'm not allowed to hand out candy today. Don't bring that bitch ass little bucket up here either. Where's the pillowcases? (laughs) I'm screwed. This used to be a quest. What happened to traveling in the rain? No car taking you house to house. When I was Dot from Animaniacs, listen, I looked like the wrestler's sting after he finished a match because it was raining so hard. And I was like, nope, my umbrella turned inside out. And I'm like, no, we are going? I didn't even have an umbrella. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So, yeah. 
a shame. What a shame. It is a shame. I'm, it's I'm glad I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get it? Well, Halloween candy's on sale tomorrow. So mm. rejoice. That's what I was waiting That's for. Sweet. And Chris like, you're selfish. You didn't want to go get, because he bought the candy. Mm. It's like, you didn't want to go get candy for the kids, but you're getting it for yourself. I'm like, but they're strangers. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I care about my candy a bit more. The real holiday yeah. here. Is the 50% off candy the next day? <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Screw the kids. Look at your watch and just stand there at that 24-hour Walgreens like, and... Like, mark it down. Like, kids need a bunch of sugar anyway. <laughs> right? Oh, my mm. God. Yeah, these, these one parents were like, oh, they're really tired because we fed them pizza before we went out. <laughs> really? Uh, I don't know, like, you get no candy. Carved them up. <laughs> Oh, and it's like, you know, they want to talk about, oh, this is sad. You know, my kids sent me up here, blah, blah. I'm like, you're the one that came up here. Did you, uh, <laughs> you're the parent. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Right. You know that none of those kids are really going to see like 90% of that candy. <laughs> I got to make sure it's safe. Yep. Oh, you know what my brother used to do? I mean, because he's got two kids or they're not kids anymore. They're teenagers. But, um. At my parents' house, you know, they would be watching a movie and like, oh, we're going to go check the candy. And they'd dump out the pillowcases and, uh, you know, my brother would be like, what do we got? What do we got? And my sister-in-law would <laughs> hand him like a Twizzler and he's like, oh, that's weak, weak. Yeah, but you know what? Back then, you actually worked for your candy. Now, mm-hmm. the kid's not even working for their candy. So go parents, high five if you're stealing the kid's candy because you're not really stealing it. You worked for that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I hope you're eating the candy tonight and I hope your Here's kids are crying. Parents. Crying on those pillowcases that they could have used to get candy. <laughs> they just give them the pillowcase. <laughs> you get no pillow either. Nice boy. <laughs> Your neck's got to be hurting. <laughs> you think got the Hershey's you didn't work for. Sometimes you got to work hard with no payment. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, let's get into our first article. Did you have a chance to look at the Possessed Girls? Yes. All right. So, according to a mirror.co.uk, two sisters believed to be possessed by demons are undercovers and locked up in a dirty shed as their family attempts to cure them. Both girls claim they have seen uh, a specter of a woman of African descent entering their house every morning at 3 a.m. According to the parents, the girls shout, there she is, there she is, before hitting uh, out at the walls and screaming loudly. So they're throwing tantrums. As a result, uh, the two sisters... Oh, I apologize. I, I told you just that they were like 10 years old. They look young. How old uh, are they? They're 23 and 18. Oh, wow. Are allegedly kept in a small shed with a mattress and a table with a holy cross on it. Uh, a cat is also said to be kept inside the shed, locked in a, a cage after it attacked the other family members. According to Ecuador Newspaper Extra, the room is filled with junk, cardboard, and old newspapers. The girls sit on threadbare mattresses stuffed with rude leaves, which are meant to ward off evil spirits. Their father, who sells bananas, does not <laughs> to earn money. Just really unexpected. <laughs> uh, often brings priests and other healers to visit the daughters and attempt to exercise them, but nothing so far has worked. Uh, neighbors believe the girls are a victim of a spell or have used a Ouija board in the past. Um, Theologian uh, Luis Jimenez said, according to what they say they're seeing is a spiritual entity that is disturbing and changing his personality. Uh, They have been affected in their psyche. You could say they are being manipulated, therefore try to attack. Schizophrenia is the scientific term for what the Bible calls uh, spirit possession. So I'm going to 
go ahead and play this video and hopefully it plays because my internet's been janky. Um, I was wondering if you listened to it. Oh, that's an ad. Hang on. <laughs> I'll put it by the front. Right. It's it's an ad. Oh. It's not one of those skip ads, like five seconds. It's like the furlong commercial. version. Right. The remix. We're like, screw you, hippie. If you want to watch this video, you will sit through those. Oh, it's about Pillsbury cookies. Ad. I bet they worked for those. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're <baking. laughs> okay, here we go. Grande el enemigo, toda artimaña, Dios, demonios, This is them praying over him. I like that she's wearing a UNICEF shirt. Is that Spanish or tongue? Oh, okay. So describe what's going on. So they're being they're being prayed over under these sheets. There's about three women. Hmm. Yeah. So they're attempting to exercise them, but I I wish they had showed like a, a priest. Because uh, I don't know if their quote priests or spiritual healers are just uh, locals in the village and not deemed, you know, bishops and actual priests. So, when you sent me this, I almost died. Okay, because <laughs> the the reason I almost died is because of the cat part. <laughs> because at the end, I was not expecting it, where it says that the cat is also kept in the shed because it's attacked people a couple times. Probably, they probably think if they contain all the evil energy in that one shed, eventually they're just going to burn down the shed. Right. With the kids and the cat in it? Probably. It's Ecuador. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I wonder if they are actual spiritual leaders or should they fly somebody in? Somebody from Rome. I mean, this sounds like a very serious thing. Yeah, wouldn't you want a priest like doing the exorcism? Because I would, I wouldn't be like, hey, neighbor, come over and get the semen out of, you know, my child. I'd be like, somebody give me a priest, like, give me Mm -hmm. the Pope. Where's the Pope at? Right. Bring him in. God likes him. So who was it that was doing the actual uh, exorcism, did you say? uh, No, they said um, uh, priests and other spiritual leaders, but they said in the community. So, and it seemed like a very primitive sort of rule setting. So these two girls, who are 23 and 18, started showing signs that they might be possessed according to their parents, right? hmm And uh, that you had told me that they had uh, started seeing, they'd, they had seen an African woman. Yes. At 3 a.m. At three, every day at 3 a.m. coming into their house, right? hmm And then you said that they were, like, throwing themselves at the wall. Yep, they would start getting violent. Every time that they saw her? Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's a haunting within themselves, which is what they're kind of aiming at because, you know, they're calling it possession. Um, If it's, you know, like uh, in their own minds or is there a spiritual entity that does... It's not giving us enough information as to what this ghost is specifically doing, just walking in the room or what? 
I have so many questions. I know I do like, too. You said that they possibly could have been playing with their Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Was that like a routine thing? Well, they think <clears throat> that the girls had played with one in the past, is what they said. Mm-hmm. This is all just like really broad speculation. This is why I don't like Ouija boards. Mm-mm. I will never touch one. Nope. A ton of spiritual activity and demonic possessions have occurred, um, supposedly... Through Ouija boards. Yep. As a portal into this world. Right. And I'm I'm wondering if... Do you believe that if you reach out and you your energy is open to something like, say, using a Ouija board, that that could lead to... Since you're being more open about it, that that could lead to a breakdown of, I don't know... Your spiritual yeah, barrier your being barrier. gone. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's why a lot of um, possession cases are children. There's innocence. There's no spiritual barrier there. They haven't built one up because they haven't been exposed to evil. Which makes sense because kids actually see more times than adults, uh, entities, mm-hmm. and spirits, and are more uh, have more claims of actually thinking that they exist. Where when you get older, you try to tune that out and you don't really want to yeah, I think you have more of a distracted mind. Yeah. I used to You're see, more innocent and pure when you're younger. Yeah. And and you don't have as much on your mind. You know? You're just kind of taking everything in and your brain is still developing. I used to... You know, I took an auras class when I went to massage school at Irene's. And when they described what it was, I'm like, I used to see those all the time as a kid. I don't now. Because I always you thought it was see just what? Sorry. auras. Okay, auras. I thought it was just tricks with light. And then I dismissed it, and I just I kind of grew out of it. Did it ever freak you out? No. Mm-mm. I went, like, Sunday or Wednesday at church, um, you know, I'd see the minister up there with, you know, a gold sort of flame dancing above his head, and they always describe auras being different shapes, and they move, and one looks kind of like a point or a flame, or other could be like a an octagon, like more of a helmet kind of thing. Um, but the way she was describing it, like, I used to see this all the time. I just thought it was uh, eye tricks, and just kind of... And you probably thought, down. when you were younger, that that was a normal thing probably to see, because you didn't know better. Yeah. I mean, so that's probably another reason it didn't freak you out. Mm-mm. And I didn't, like, tell my parents really about it because it, it was really not a big deal. I will give these people credit at least because uh, at least they're trying to perform an exorcism and they've take, taken the measures to get help for these girls that they, they supposedly think are possessed. Mm-hmm. Not like these... Because uh... some other... Like, there's, like we were talking about before, there's so many stories where like, well thought they were possessed and we just kind of left her alone or we moved we moved out of the house that we thought was uh haunted and i don't know they're never the problem are they it could be you you're the problem you're the possessed one poor kids gotta live in a shed yeah i feel really bad yeah that sounds tough that's why they they you know what i found and i I was telling you about this holly because i tried to get them on the show the order of exorcists Mm -hmm. um that's what they need to call um, there are, and they're in the United States, but I'm sure they could branch out. 
there's teams that are actually recruiting right now. It's called the Order of Exorcist. You can find them. You, you, I think it's .com or .org. Use a Google search and find it. Um, but it's like the Ghostbusters of Exorcist. You know, you've got bishops, priests, and they're dispatched all over the United States, and they have different teams everywhere. So on that website, did it tell you any information on maybe what it takes to perform a successful exorcism or at least how long it usually takes? I wonder how many, probably differs per situation. Oh, I'm going to look it up right now. I was trying to think of what that movie was. Is that uh, Was that a haunting I'm trying to remember where they perform an exorcism on the lady. And it's supposed to be based on a true story. Is that the made for TV movie? Uh, we talked about they lived in a duplex. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, could that? Yeah, that was this is the one where she because in this one she was like under she was in the basement when they did it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was afterwards, like really the house creepy. Like roses. Okay, I'm on orderofexorcist.com. Uh, demonic investigation and assessment for demonic possession, demonic infestation, and demonic oppression. Uh, under the independent Catholic jurisdiction of the Sacred Order of St. Michael and Archangel. Uh, do you believe you are suffering from a demonic possession, poltergeist, or personal haunting? Are you at the point where you find yourself in utter turmoil and emotional devastation? Have you, uh, after you have even seen a physician and had thorough medical and psychological exam and have been given a clean bill of health but still have symptoms of demonic possession and say to yourself, what do I do next? The Order of Exorcists is a group of clergy and uh, exorcist investigators with many years of real experience in dealing with the demonic. We may be able to help. Um, oh, they have recordings and videos. On the website? Really? Mm-hmm. So they must have had people <clears throat> sign over and say it's okay to share their story. Yeah. Hey, only funny. That's kind of cool. I mean, it's not cool, but yeah, it's cool that they, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that they put it up there to share. And so, you know, I'm sure whoever was getting the exorcism done on them, or whoever signed the rights away, was like, "Hey, you know, people won't believe this unless they hear it for themselves." Well, I mean, if I was going through something, I'd actually want to share it too. People yeah. might think I was crazy, but at the same time. I think a lot, if if you are going through something like that, um, you probably would not know what to do or... I wouldn't. Yeah. And <clears throat> I'm sure, I mean, no pun intended, but living hell. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... I'm yeah. actually posting... The link to the article on the our, site. Our next guest actually joined us a while ago to talk about the Catholic Church. And I think any organization that has an influence over a billion people is an important organization to talk about. But was what was really fascinating about the guest himself is that he's an exorcist. I know. I've I've never met an exorcist, not that I know of. I've never been to an exorcism. I've never met anybody that I knew needed to be exorcised. So it was all new to me. And, you know, in light of the fact that there are more and more reports of 
supernatural happenings or whatever it is, whatever it is, I thought, what a great opportunity. We have to get this guy back on. We have to talk about... That's what we tried to do. Exorcism. And there's tons of, <laughs> tons of fake stuff out there. And, and maybe all of it's fake. I don't know. Hey, they don't have actual footage of... Um, oh, wait, here we go. Oh, awesome. I like... I'm like, I want to hear, like, the know, creepy, right? demonic, like, Pope's Halloween damn It was some creepy shit. Po- this is Pope Francis performing an exorcist, or exorcism. Oh, wow. The next video that I will present is uh, becoming viral. Alleged exorcism uh, by Pope Fr- Francisco in St. Peter's Square after the Mass of Pentecost last Sunday. This was uh, back in May, though. scary already. <laughs> like, <laughs> waiting here on the edge of my seat. <laughs> it's creepy. It has to even book on. Hey, hang on. Let's get into it. It's going to like some do something weird and be like, ah! <laughs> the Vatican denied today that it was an exorcism and all that the Pope wore out was a prayer for the sick person. In the video, we can see the Pope puts his hands out on the head of this person, which reacts by opening his mouth, panting, and then puts his body at rest. Unfortunately, this video lasts a few seconds, and there we can't see the reaction of the other patients at the time. The Pope makes prayers on them, and if made the same motion with his hands onto the people. If anyone has the full video of this event, can send it to our other channels. Uh, for now, here, I leave the video to judge for yourself. <laughs> Sounds like a freaking dog. Yeah. Hey, did you see that one guy take that folder and just like take off? Like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh. I don't know where you put that demon when it came out of your mouth. <laughs> but that is on uh, orderofexorcist.com. Um, but uh, they need to post uh, post more exorcism videos. Um, I don't know if maybe because some people are. Because um, it's more like, oh, about us, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that <clears throat> that was on the official website, though, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you find this website? I was looking for an exorcist. to. <laughs> to uh, I was looking for an exorcist. <laughs> Sounds like a song. We need an exorcist <laughs> for the show. Uh now I'm trying to find. So is this like a legit website where it's legitimate? Uh, with Archbishop Ron uh, Fail, F E Y L. Do this is probably a really stupid question, but do they have to get any accreditation for? That's what I'm looking for. 
Okay, world worldwide recruitment. But uh, see what it takes to be a part of. Uh, okay. All right. The Sacred Order of St. Michael, the Archangel, Order of Exorcist, is recruiting warriors who want to fight the good fight. Applicants must be ready to battle good versus evil and be devout Christians who believe in the power and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. A warrior must definitely believe that he has been called by God to be a warrior. He must be ready to engage in battle against demonic forces and hold his ground until the possessed person is freed. The requirement warrior characteristics are compassion, commitment, determination, perseverance, and most importantly, love. If you are coming to the order... As a priest from another jurisdiction, you must submit a letter that you are uh, a letter from your bishop requesting entry into the order. If you are coming to the order as a paranormal investigator, because those are welcome as well, uh, who would like to be one of our lead exorcist investigators, you must submit your resume for membership approval prior to paying your membership fees, showing your professional lead investigator experience in the form of a letter, email at the time of membership. Do not pay the annual membership fee of $65 until you have submitted your resume and been approved for membership. Please note, our lead exorcist investigators are not... Whoa, wait, hey, ooh. Okay, our lead exorcist investigators are not exorcists, nor do we make anyone an exorcist. In order, uh, in our organization, only appointed clergy who have been appointed by their bishops can be an exorcist. Our investigators are trained in the process of demonic investigation and case assessments. Uh, this earns them the right to be called lead exorcist uh, investigators. We recommend that participants be at least 21 years of age in good physical and mental health, believe in good and evil, God and Satan, demons and angels, for have a computer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I almost like shot when I was drinking like across the room. I was not expecting a computer thing at the end. And by the way, we need computer guys, so. <laughs> Do you have an IT background? Because I can't get the Satan videos to upload. <laughs> As you can see, we're locking up videos online, so. <laughs> oh, man. I can only, I want to live stream this. <laughs> we take this stuff seriously, but I think it's so dark sometimes you have to. Yeah, you gotta you laugh. Have to joke. <laughs> you, and last of all, you must have a computer. <laughs> you, you must know, know Microsoft cool. Word. <laughs> As if you guys could, like, go on a field trip for, like, a live exorcism. Just make sure you're blessed first so the demon doesn't, like, jump in you or some shit. Oh, yeah. I'll be like, can I watch from the car? I know. I'll be like, <laughs> demons don't travel through windows, right? Like, we, got, we, got, we got hazmat suits on. I'm just going to stand outside this church window. <laughs> I'm wearing crucifixes, garlic. I the like, works. Dipped in holy water. <laughs> We're, like, soaked. We look like rats. <laughs> I'm here. Decked out in crosses everywhere. Uh, the blood of the lamb all over us. Like the right, let's get in there. <laughs> they're thinking. They're thinking we need to be possessed. Or I mean, we we need to be possessed. We need. You know what I mean. We need. The, oh man, we need the demons out of us. You guys smell like blood and garlic and. Yeah, well, guess who's not getting possessed? This girl. Mm-hmm. Have fun with that, guys. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> Oh man! So I wonder why Jay Fosgate hasn't called in yet. 
Come on. What's yeah, the yeah. number? Maybe you forgot. Can't see it is oh two four eight yeah. five seven nine five two nine zero. And even if you're not J Fog, like <gasps> oh, I gave him the wrong number. Call it. <laughs> <laughs> J, see, I try to, I try to have your back. I figured. <laughs> Hang on, I'm texting him now. Jay Fazit is, of course, uh, an illustrator for uh, uh, IDW, uh, Marvel, and SourcePoint Press. Uh, he's worked on uh, his own titles as well, such as Bodhi Troll, a uh, very popular uh, all-ages comic. And currently he has... Well, currently he's working on pony issues, but um, he has, in the spirit of Halloween, I'm going to go ahead and plug Jay. Uh, For SourcePointPress.com, you can find Dead Duck and Zombie Chick. It's very much uh, tongue-in-cheek humor. Uh, It's Mad Magazine meets the Playboy comic strips. So it's a lot of dirty fun. Lots of horror puns. You guys would dig it. Very (laughs) funny. So I just texted him. Hopefully he forgives me. Jay is always. So... They have not resolved this issue with the girls, with the two girls in the shed. No, I, I will. When probably... was the story actually uh, posted? I think was, it was it just was a few just... days ago? Was it? Mm-hmm. No, it was very recent. Who posted that? Uh, that was mirror.cu co.uk. Sorry, it was a uh, mirror world news. No, well. <clears throat> so we're gonna go if my messenger oh. will work. And you've got a caller. All right. Hello. Hey, is this Jeff? Oh, hey. Hey, Jake. Hey, what's going on? What's going on, dude? Nothing. I'm sorry I gave you the wrong phone number. That was my bad. I got you, Jay. Oh, okay. I gave it. Yeah. I gave the right one. Holly punched me in the <laughs> face. <laughs> Good. And then she snapped into a Slim Jim and said, how I'm, dare you? I'm currently eating Slim Jims, okay? <laughs> that totally sounds like her. Were, were you listening to us uh, earlier, Jay? Uh, I would like to say I was, but uh, <laughs> I, I was I was in mid-phone call with somebody else. But I'm here now. Who are you so talking to? Yeah. I can't I can't say right now. <gasps> it's, uh, it's, it's a secret. Was it the Order but of Exorcists? <laughs> Do you need yeah. help, Jay? Are you, is this a call for help? <laughs> Knock <laughs> once. This is Halloween. All sorts of craziness is going on. So. Well, then you missed so, how we uh, plugged you. Yeah, we did so plug you. you got, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We plugged you. You missed it. You plugged me. Yeah, Gross. dead duck and zombie <laughs> chick. <laughs> dirty. That just sounds dirty. It's Halloween, Jay. So. <laughs> it um, is. So do you have a story about? for us? Do I have a story? Yeah, I know you do. I don't know if I have a story, but I've been keeping up with all the sea monster talk. And and literally after talking to you, I saw some report that they found one off the coast of Alaska. Yeah. Um, You know what? I was just trying to pull up that article. Yeah. So they're like, you know, the the more uh, skeptical people are like, oh, it's just a sturgeon. And it's like, well, if that's a sturgeon, that's a 30-foot sturgeon. So that'd make it a prehistoric sturgeon, which by classification would make it a sea monster. So Yep. It it did know, have but, like a a really exaggerated reptilian backside. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it was long as hell, and it was like moving like a snake through water. And someone's like, well, that's just a piece of rope with ice frozen to it. I'm like, a piece of rope wouldn't move like a snake, genius. It's not sentient. Right. So, And I, I saw it on coasttocoastam.com, uh, our other brethren and crazy. Um, an official with the Alaskan Bureau of Land Management filmed a perplexing anomaly in the state's uh, uh, Shana River, I know I'm saying that wrong, uh, that has left viewers scratching their heads. Craig McCaw was documenting the changing of the seasons at the popular rafting and fishing destination when he spotted a puzzling 12 to 15 foot long oddity swimming in the river. Unable to determine what the strange thing was, McCaw posted the video to the Alaskan BLM Facebook page, leading to thousands of people watching the footage and giving their opinions. Uh, McCaw theorized that the anomaly could be a piece of ice-covered rope, like you just said, although he noted that the other observers had proposed possibilities ranging from uh, the prosaic to a giant sturgeon to the fantastic, including um, the always tantalizing sea monster so i'm going to play this for the girls it's only a few seconds long um mm-hmm. so they can sit. strange sighting in alaska has a lot of people scratching their heads this morning take a look an alaska bureau of land management worker in fairbanks was checking out the ice on wednesday when he saw this he recorded something moving up the river now this video was posted to the bureau's facebook page they admitted they're not sure exactly what it is then they added we're letting you be the judge um, whoa. <laughs> and it's not, it's not something that has that ice on it? Well, that's what I thought, but then look how it curves and it's all attached. So, so I, my, my first thought would be a sturgeon. Yeah. But, but sturgeons dwell at the bottom of lakes. I it don't looks know. like an alligator, which we know it, it isn't. They don't live It does look like an alligator, You know, but though. it looks like yeah. a cold water alligator. Weird. That is really weird. You know, um... <laughs> Kind of a random aside. When I was very little, I used to live across the street from the Chena River in Fairbanks. Yeah. Did you ever see one of those? No. <laughs> Nor would I want to. We that assumed you were going to be the expert on that. Though. That, like, is... that was my first of all. It's way too long to be an alligator. Right. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> well, how many alligators? Are like... uh, all those Alaskan alligators. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but but the fact that they pointed out that it looks alligator-like. And there was no alligators, obviously, in the Alaskan River. Uh, you know, the likelihood of it being something prehistoric is, is very, very possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't often find living specimens of prehistoric age up there, but uh, they, they find, like, perfectly frozen mammoths up there frequently. Uh, it's happened more and more with, with uh, the melting that's going on, but I think it's quite possible that there could still be surviving species around there. I believe that because look at turtles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and and as, as far as the size goes, what is, they found like a humongous squid, like a a schooner sized squid, not mm-hmm. that long ago. You know, these these kinds of creatures do exist. I mean, they're not as mythological as people would like to allow themselves to believe. So, yeah, a lot of people just want to believe. Oh, we've seen everything in the rivers and oceans. You haven't. It's not possible. Yeah. It's impossible. You know what yeah, I saw the other day was uh, these little tiny spiders that are like peacocks. The males like have something that pop up and it's like yeah. all colorful like a peacock. And you would never think that that would happen. That obviously wasn't crossbreeding. It was just evolution doing what it does, which is, you know, creating weird species that look cool. I hate bugs, but exactly. that's a cool looking spider. I want to see a peacock doing a spider. <laughs> 
That could, I think the spider did like, no, that could Spiders a little more dominant. Yeah. <laughs> spider's like, I'm going to throw it in that peacock. And then this is what happens. So. <laughs> is that what you say when you see a chick from across the bar? I'm going to throw it in you. <laughs> I do. I'm like, I'm going to throw it in you. It's like a boomerang. It's going to come right back to me. So I hope you got your mask on because you're going to be a catcher today. <laughs> uh, that happens a lot. So. Uh, but yeah, no, all sorts of uh, weird phenomena. And Michigan, even though we don't see a lot of news about it right now, Michigan used to be like a hotbed for sea monster sightings as far back as the 1800s. And really? Even then, they're like, well, it's like a sturgeon. It's a sturgeon. It's like, guys, sturgeon don't get to be as big as boats. Right. You know? Um, what was it? Uh, I'm not even going to remember the story now, uh, but I, I read it years and years ago how someone off the Great Lakes, and this would have been early 1800s, they'd heard about some sort of sea creature that was, you know, floating around the bay. Um, and there was, like, livestock along the bay that were coming up missing. And some, some guy decided he was going to go out in a boat and he was going to find it. And the next morning, this guy never came home. And so some guys looked out on the bay and saw that his boat was just sort of bobbing around in the bay. So they took their own boat out there and they saw him. And he was terror-stricken, like couldn't move, just lying there shaking in the bottom of his boat, and all they found were these humongous feathers. Oh my and God. supposedly this sea creature had some sort of feathered crest to it. Um, and uh, that was the last sighting of it, but that's, that's what he claimed he saw when he finally came to. So I want to say that was off of like northern... Lake Huron or something like that. But again, I, this is something I read a long time ago because I used to research this stuff all the time. And, um, Do you remember if the guy of, was what, interviewed after that? What's that? Do you remember if the guy was interviewed after that as to what he saw? No, that was all that uh, they reported him saying. And again, this was from the 1800s, so it's oh. not like there's anything concrete or anything. And, mm. um, but... Uh, you know, there's a lot of Mariner's tales from the Great Lakes about that. You know, even as far back as Native American days, Native Americans, uh, when, you know, they were the prominent people in, in Michigan, claimed to have seen a lot of, of sea serpents and, and things that would go beyond your typical fish. Um, so it's just, it's kind of interesting. I think there's very good possibility that we still have remnants of, of that uh, era of creature in our waters, especially the Great Lakes. Great lakes get pretty deep and are pretty vast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why I don't go in the water. Do you believe in Loch Ness? No, Jay. What? Do you believe in the Loch Ness monster? I do. I do. I mean, I'm I'm a believer in the Sasquatch, Loch Ness monster. And I was talking to Casey today, and one of the things that really pisses me off are the guys that are either in it for publicity or a quick buck, and they fabricate something. They get disproven, and then suddenly anyone that believes in the Loch Ness monster is obviously making it up or crazy or whatever. And that's infuriating to me. And I believe that there have been legitimate sightings, even if they haven't been caught on film or whatever. Um, I mean, enough people, I don't know, it's just too many people to be making it up. You know, if it were like two or three guys that claim they saw a Sasquatch, they're probably making it up. But, I mean, there's reports from all around the country, and, and the biggest hotbed of Sasquatches in particular is uh, Northern California. Uh, is where they're supposedly sighted the most. Yeah, like in the mountains. Um, yeah, yes, in the mountains. Um, but as far as Loch Ness goes, yes, I, I do believe that uh, there's quite likely some sort of creature out there. I mean, the water gets real cold, it's real deep, and uh, 
I, I think there's a very good possibility of it. I have no proof. Do you believe but, that this uh, is the Loch Ness monster? Because when I was researching it, it was people were popping up saying that they they're like, "Is the Loch Ness monster spotted in Alaska?" Oh no, I don't believe that's the Loch Ness monster. I mean, it's not like Loch Ness is connected to. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I couldn't. I'm not good enough geography to say, but it would be a hell of a trip from Scotland to Alaska. That's all I know. Um, but I think this world is vast enough that there's different pockets of sea monsters out there. It's just not like it was, say, in the 1500s, 1600s, before, you know, technological advances and pollution and everything else kind of scared them off, killed them off, or, or whatever happened. But I, I do believe that uh, as a species, there's still, there, there's remnants. Well, and you got to figure, too, like, the deeper you go on the ocean floor or even in a lake, the larger the species are. So there's that, too. See, we don't really know what all is down there because nobody's just gone through and scuba through the whole entire freaking ocean. So they can't really say. And the deeper the water, the more pressure. And so these creatures have to be stronger, have to be bigger. So you got to figure as deep as it can get, deep to the point where we don't even have technology that can get that far down there to the deepest ocean floor. Imagine what's living down there. We could be screwed we could have Godzilla down there for all we know. Right. <laughs> From all the nuclear waste dumping. It's funny because I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm going through Google and <laughs> people are stupid. Uh, <laughs> did the Loch Ness Monster move to Alaska? <laughs> Come oh, on, I guys. That. Well, that's yeah, what I was talking about when I was reading the ocean that. And just moved. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> do you believe? That's a um, hell of a swim. No. <laughs> Speaking of uh, regional monsters, so Casey, you and I were talking about this earlier about the, the red dwarf Detroit. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, go ahead and uh, you know, I don't know all the backstory to it. Well, okay, here's the thing. So, as far back as the French fur trappers, this is when they started to see this little goblin esque character that was moving around it looked inhuman it didn't look like an animal didn't look like a human it it looked like some idea of a creature and whenever they would see this character um his appearance would lead up to some huge tragedy happening like uh uh, several fires that occurred in detroit in the 1600s 1700s when it was still you know french fur trappers small colonies like that occurred uh after the sighting of this creature and as recently as 1976, when Michigan had its just a tremendous snowstorm that pretty much blanketed the entire state, power lines were out everywhere. Uh, for like a week solid, Michigan was up without power. And uh, linemen who were working in Detroit thought they saw this, this red dwarf uh, atop a power line. So, you know, it's not something that guys are just going to, you know, look up and say, oh, it kind of looks like a red dwarf, you know, and it's not like there's a lot of apes running around, you know, uh, Metro Detroit of, of red color. So, um, I don't know. It just seems like a weird thing to say. You know, your average lineman probably doesn't even know the mythology. So, you know, make of it what you will. It's sort of like a, a Loki of sorts. Like the what? I'm like, sorry. like a Loki kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, think of it as a gremlin even. I don't know, but um, it's it's strange. It's it's really strange. And who knows where these things can come from. But, yeah, this this weird little 
sort of demonic creature running around Detroit and all the weird things that have happened in Detroit over the years. And I don't think Detroit's cursed, if anything. I mean, Detroit's been rebounding amazingly. But the last time this creature was seen was in the late 70s when Detroit was at, at sort of the start of its downward spiral, which up until recently has reversed. But um, I don't know. You know, put it together for yourself. But uh, this being Halloween or whatever, I think it's a good time to discuss these things. So you said that <clears throat> d- demonic creature, is that what you just said? Yeah. What, I mean, and, and what is it called again? Red... I'm sorry, what was that, Holly? What was it called again? Well, the, the simple term is the Red Dwarf, but, you know, Detroit has that festival every year. The um, It's like a French name. You guys should know about this. You grew up in Detroit. Uh, but it's basically a festival for the Red Dwarf where they end up having this sort of parade and everything in, in downtown Detroit. What the heck is it We need to call Rouge? up Eric for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who Rouge? lives in Detroit. <laughs> I don't know. If you guys look it up, uh, my friend Nate used to attend it every year too, but, you know, it's it's become this, you know, Oh, the Nain Rouge? Yeah, 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 that's it. I've never so heard that's of that. where it all derives from. It's become this sort of benign mm. Santa Claus kind of figure, but or or, uh, or like a Krampus. But really, this is something that the French fully believed in when they, you know, sort of founded this uh, area of Michigan. So, oh, I guess Nain Rouge is f- the French word. Well, it's French for red dwarf. It's a legendary creature go. that some believe originated in Normandy, France, as a type of lutin. Whatever that mm-hmm. is, yeah. It's uh, it's oh god, uh, it's it's because I know my mythology here. It's a form of cobbled, and a cobbled is uh, in mythological terms, it's a creature. It, it's sort of a, a weird, devilish god that is created by. You have to kill a child. You kill a child. The child is then reborn through belief and becomes this weird creature. Creepy. And this is like from European folklore, and so. So do Maybe they somehow uh, discuss? Sorry, do they sacrifice a child at this uh, event? Not the event. Well, that's the thing. Uh, I'm just talking about like cobbles, where this, where the belief kind of grew from. Cobbles in, in European mythology and French mythology um, started off with the tribes in Europe, and the tribes would raise a child in darkness, raise it in a cave, and not ever show it light. They would give it food. They would give it drink. They would. They would nurture it in darkness, and then by the time they brought it out to worship it as a god, they would sacrifice it, thereby creating, sort of creating their own god. Um, this was touched down a bit um, in Neil Gaiman's American Gods, but this is all classic thousand-year-old European folklore stuff, and that is sort of like the genesis for what the Red Dwarf has become. Um, and this is all, you know, it could be all complete BS. But I'm just saying that that is sort of the the genesis for uh, the character that they've claimed to see here in Michigan since the 1600s, so 1700s, whatever. So in the 1700s, they started saying that this demonic creature had come to Detroit? Yeah, you know, like it was brought over by the French, basically. Kind of similar to what happens in American Gods. But in American Gods, you had these these... People, these cultured peoples would come over from different parts of the world and they would have their beliefs and, and their fairies and their gods uh, and whatever and bring them over here. But they never took root in, in America. So 
they were sort of like left to their own devices, kind of wandering around causing mischief or trying to survive on whatever belief they could have. And so that's, that's from the book, American God. That's not like by I'm, Neil Gaiman. It's really happening by Neil Gaiman. Okay. But in the term of, uh, in the, if you think about this red dwarf character, it's kind of like that because the French had this belief and then they come over here to Michigan and all of a sudden all this stuff starts to happen and they start to see this creature whenever these, these, these historically documented events occur, like fires in Detroit and the power outage in 1976, which I was alive for. I was a baby, but it kind of freaks me out to think, okay, so there was a monster moving around Michigan when I was a baby. Like a you curse, know, stuff a nightmare. curse on Detroit yeah, like that the curse. French brought over. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. it says original legends tell the creature being seen as a protector of Detroit, Michigan. Because... Well, it's fucked up then. <laughs> <laughs> says that Contrary viewpoints speculate that the alleged creature is more closely related to Glooscap, who created protective nature spirits and dwarves in the Midwestern United States in Algonquian region, whatever that is. Algonquin? Yeah. See, to me, sure. that sounds like the, the American spin where they try to put a happy ending on all the European fairy tales, whereas the European fairy tales used to be very dirty and honest and say, no. Sleeping Beauty got raped when she was asleep. Yep. And, uh, you know, Rapunzel got raped. And, oh, my God. Beauty like and the Beast. Belle was just, she had Munchausen syndrome. Is that what it's, what's it called? Munchausen's. Yeah. Where you get, like, kidnapped yeah. and you, like, fall in love with your abductor or whatever. Um, in Cinderella, they uh, chopped off the heel and the toe of the sisters to try to fit the shoe. Oh, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. Well, I just uh, read a version of uh, Red Riding Hood, probably the earliest version where uh, the wolf makes her eat her own grandmother. <laughs> so it's cannibalism. Yeah. Age to so, perfection. And I, I bring that up because these fairy tales are brought over here to the States, and all of a sudden right. it's like this happy, benign ending. Like like you said, oh, the, the Red Dwarf was... Uh, a spirit of good, good luck. It's like, good luck, my ass. All the things that happened in Detroit, that's just the U.S., you know, happy-go-lucky Disney spin put on a darker truth. So. Well, they're probably terrorists, and they deserve it. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. It says here, but due to modern interpretations, it's now, it's now feared by its residents as the harbinger of doom. It is that. So, um, what do you think is in Alaska. Like, what do you... I think... Sorry, what? No, I'll go uh, Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, what do you think is actually... Do you think it's like just undiscovered kind of fish, or do you think it's uh, an actual like creature, like a sea creature, a monster almost? I think it's a, it's a mix or, of reptile and fish, amphibian, I'm sure. Um, and I think it's probably old and has been down there a long, long time. I also think that if someone were to accidentally catch it, they should put it right back because I yeah. think things like that have been down there a long time and they should be left, left alone, you know. Um, it's not going to do us any good to study it because it's probably the last of its kind and we're not going to recreate it. But that's the sad thing is that's what, what happens when, when you see these people catching, you know, oh, my God, this fish should never be this big. It's 10 foot long. Well. It's my trophy now. And it's like, no, idiots. We should be leaving it down yeah. there and, and maybe a continuous species. Right. But, yeah, I think it's a legitimate creature. I don't think it's uh, false. I, I definitely don't think it's a rope with ice on it. 
I think that's funny to say that it's a rope with ice on it because looking at this video, it doesn't really look like that at all. That wouldn't move like that right. at all. It would just float in one direction instead of kind of slithering. Yeah. 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 It wouldn't go side to side at all. If anything, it, it well. It, it, I mean, it was fairly I mean, wide too. It is. Someone grab right. a really right. long stick and poke it. That's what I would have done. Just to be like, just just tap it a little and see what, see what it does. How far out was this it? Giant T Rex head comes up. Like, <laughs> like it's fine to film it, but you're right. Like people will go out there and all these like hunters and you know idiots that like want a trophy on their wall or want to sell it. You know, will go yeah. out there and kill off a species. Mm-hmm. So I it's almost pathetic. wish that they wouldn't like report on this stuff because then like. Now that thing's going to be in danger because people are going to want to go catch it and say they caught it. They are. They are. But it'll also bring some revenue to to the area. All of a sudden, you're going to see, like, um, tourist traps popping up with T-shirts on this thing called, you know, the the, uh, Alaskan uh, whatever you want to call it, sea monster or whatnot. So... Um, cause that's what happens. It becomes a tourist trap. I mean, you can find Sasquatch shit all over the, all over Michigan on t-shirts and mugs and oh, God, cigarettes. Yeah. Sarah Palin you know. is going to use it to get herself more popular again. <laughs> <laughs> Come to where I live where the, the creature lurks. She's riding on the, on the frozen rope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm riding the frozen rope. <laughs> the frozen I rope. That was my band in high school. <laughs> Oh man! You know what? I hope if someone hunts it, that that big beastly thing just eats it. It's like, all right. I hope everybody learned their lesson now. Thousand yeah. ways I to think die, that'd be awesome. right? <laughs> that'd be sweet. As hell. That's how I want instant karma. Yeah. I, I would no, be that person tapping it with a stick. To be <laughs> by actually eating so. Yeah. Okay, but you're not trying to kill it. You're just like, hey, what yeah, are you? I just, put, What's you up? put your head up. I want to say hi. Like, right. tap, tap, can tap. we be friends? <laughs> <laughs> Ow! Get the <laughs> Quick, kill it! That's, that's one of my two of my opinion changes. I go into survival mode. Shoot her! Shoot her! I never liked that thing! <laughs> it becomes Jurassic Park all of a sudden. I don't want to be your friend anyway. Never mind. No, Casey. It would be Jalaska Park. <laughs> eh? Uh, eh? Eh? How am I doing? Um, is this thing on? <laughs> is there one out there? Uh, <laughs> now, back to the red dwarf thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, you said it was almost like a gremlin, right? It, it, it's think, very much in the vein. I think to the legend of a gremlin. Because, I think the French you know, people, people would... should just stop feeding their little people after midnight. We wouldn't have this damn problem. <laughs> well, that's right. Of course, all those. I'm surprised I've never heard of this. Well, here's the thing about gremlins, though. So you could say, look, gremlins were made up for the movie in 1984. The truth is the history of gremlins goes back to World War II uh, when U.S. soldiers came up with this sort of fictitious thing of blaming their their ships and their their planes and their equipment for going kablooey. And they're like, well, the Japanese have put gremlins in all of our, uh, you know, equipment. And that's why we're, we're losing the war in the Pacific. Uh, or whatever. That's that. That became sort of the local legend. And Raul Dahl, who wrote books like um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie in the Great Glass Elevator, the BFG, uh, James and the Giant Peach, wrote a a story about gremlins. He was the first one to bring gremlins into popular culture in the 40s. 
and Disney was going to make an animated film about it. And I don't know why the whole thing kind of fell apart, but there are still some, you can look it up and find some really awesome artwork and see that he created the mythology that we know uh, behind Gremlins. So. Interesting. Give the name again. Uh, his name is Roald Dahl, D-A-H-L. Look him up. Um, I mean, you guys have heard of him. You guys have all heard of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So, mm-hmm. um, But yeah, it would have been around 1945, maybe 48, when he was working on this animated film with Disney. And it just didn't end up happening like so many projects. So, Did you say um, that you've been to this festival before or no? Not me, no. Um, I only heard about it when I moved down here in 2008, but like my friend Nate Pride has gone before, so he probably knows more about the mythology than even I do. So, I wonder how long this festival has been going on for. I think it's only been going on since, I could be wrong, maybe like the late 80s, early 90s. Okay. I think. So, so I don't know. Hmm. But, but yeah, so I know it's kind of like a stretch between sea monsters and, and irate dwarves and whatnot, but, uh, you know, these are the things that people claim to see and they can't explain it away. And, you know, like, like my stupid werewolf story from way back, you know, it could all be BS, but I believed it at the time. So I believe it's time to tell it. Yeah. I don't think I've ever I've, fully heard this story. I've told that story case on, well, not this show, on your other show. Yeah, on uh, Dark One. I wasn't on that show, Jay. Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell this story. It's pretty stupid. We love so, you. But it's Halloween, so. I love Lake okay. more, so. All right, Case, you've heard this story, so. Mm-hmm. Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> okay, Dim so you guys remember... The last episode of Seinfeld, this is how it all starts off. The last episode of Seinfeld was absolute garbage. Hated it. Worst way ever to end a, a sitcom. So this would have been, what, like 98, I think, 97, something like that. And I was pissed. I was like, this sucks. Oh, my God. Worst way to end a series ever. And I was real pissed off. And I was at my friend's house. And this was, like, late at night after the show got off. You know, all the we lived out in the country, me and my friend, uh, back in Saginaw, and... We just were like, okay, this sucks. We got to go blow off some steam. Let's let's go for a ride. So we drove out into the country. I'm driving my old piece of crap car, you know, and I just want to blow off some steam because I was furious about how this show ended. And so we're going down this back country road, and all along the lot, the side of this dirt road we're going down uh, is a row of trees, uh, very dark, very you know, not a a light from a house or a street light anywhere. This was and in I had Saginaw, my car right? Window. What? This was Saginaw, right? This is Saginaw, but I lived out in the country in Saginaw, so like the far western side of Saginaw County. Um, so me and my buddy are driving down this, this dirt road, pitch black out, and I got my driver's side window maybe rolled down half an inch, maybe about three inches, we'll say. And he's like, why don't you just roll it down all the way? And I said, so werewolves can't get in. He goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, if I roll that down all the way, a werewolf can come out of my blind side and totally kill us. So, no. I'm not rolling down my window all the way. He's like, okay, whatever. And so we're driving down this dirt road another couple miles, and finally I'm like, all right, screw it. This is going to dead end soon, so I'm going to turn around. So I pull in this driveway, and then I back out. And again, there's nothing around it. There's no houses, nothing around it. Um, the driveway was like this abandoned plot of land, so there was nothing there. 
and I back out into the, the, the dirt road again to straighten out and go straight. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this huge fucking mungus snout and paws come in the window and just wah, 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 is maybe a quarter of an inch away from my ear. And I'm freaking out. I'm just screaming. And I punch the gas and almost drive us into a ditch. And my buddy grabs the wheel and straightens us up. We peel out and got the hell out of there. And I claim that we were attacked by a werewolf. Do you remember the color? The color of the snout? Yeah. Uh, the, the snout was black, like black, black, like obsidian. Um, and, and here's the thing. Arguably, yes, could have been a dog. But I've never seen a dog that big. Like this was like bigger than like a, a, a mastiff. It so, just to come out of nowhere, out of the dark. Like it came that. out of yeah, it came out of nowhere. Like you would have heard it running up because there was nothing but field around it. So you would have heard that, right? Um, so theoretically, you know, if it were a werewolf, that means that we're human at one point. A human can calculate and and walk, you know, stealthily. Uh, not to say an animal couldn't, but dogs are not that stealthy. If you think about it, dogs are kind of clumsy and rustling and. Yeah. Do you think it could have been like, uh, you know, the tale of the Detroit dog man where it was, uh, you know, a personified dog? Oh, yeah. No, I think it's very possible. We had all sorts of weird legends and crap like that around Saginaw County. Plus, we had Dow Chemical only a few miles north of where I grew up. I mean, and all sorts of weird ass mutations have come from animals being in the outlying regions of that place. So who knows? Honestly. I'm not. I'm not beyond believing the possibility. See, I never heard that part of the story. I didn't realize you were that close to the chemical plant. Oh yeah, yeah. I, you know, where I grew up in Saginaw, I'd say Dow Chemical was maybe another ten miles away. Maybe wow. not even that, because there were several plants uh, around uh, the southern edge of Midland County, uh, northern edge of Saginaw County, which butted up against each other. So. Uh, there was one. There's one story. A lot of people have seen this creature. Uh, it was basically a mutant deer that lived along the property of Dow, and it was really horrible and disgusting. Its flesh was like hanging off its bones and oh, things, wow. but it wouldn't die. And this thing would just be hobbling around the property along Dow Chemical. Ew. Like a Resident Evil dog, <laughs> right? Like nobody Resident could just Evil be deer. Yeah. nice and just shoot it and put it out of put it out of its misery. All right. Yeah, you would think so, but no one ever did. And I think part of it, of course, is the last thing you want to do is discharge a firearm on Dow Chemical property. Yeah, failed point. Never mind. So, Boom. Uh, that's that's my only feeling behind it. But, you know, that's the thing about Dow. You know, all sorts of crazy shit happens in Dow. Like, I lived in Midland for about three or four years, and we would get these warnings over the television, over the radio. There would be like... Yeah, we accidentally released this toxic cloud into the air, so maybe don't go outside for the next three to five hours. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very That's like fifties bomb shelter to, shit. Happens to uh. work for Dow, and he he confirmed that that happened. I didn't imagine news reports like that, but yeah, that would happen a lot. It's like some Aaron Brakovich shit. Mm-hmm. Sincerely, yeah. No, growing up around the area sucked. Like we had the Titabawasi River. Uh, that ran through my neck of the woods clear in the midland. That was so polluted thanks to Dow and all sorts of we've had some ass ugly fish come out of the tib. So you never ate anything that came out of the tib and if you did you were stupid. Yeah. It, is that is that still open that place? Dow what, Chemical? the Tibawasi yeah. River? Yeah, Dow, oh, it still is. Open. It, Dow Chemical. 
Oh, Dow? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, Dow's... Mm-hmm. That's where yeah, Travis that's works. The principal, that's the main industry and in, in that part of, you know, because the auto industry collapsed upon itself in the 90s. So all we have left is Dow Chemical up in Saginaw, Midland Bay City. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's, most of the wealthy people work for Dow or get their incomes from some aspect of Dow. And, um, yeah. Don't you want to, like, test their water or, like, their soil and see what kind of shit they're like spreading around everybody we've yeah well growing up in Saginaw you know we'd have to have our soil tested on occasions usually just around the bank of the tib that was a concern and there was enough farmers that had land bordering the tib that made it dangerous um you know between the Saginaw River and the Titabwasi River which kind of butted into each other uh, you know, that soil's been tested for years, but it never got to the point that, like, the crap that Flint is going through because our water source for drinking and bathing came from Lake Huron. Yeah. Um, that's what kept us safe. But if we ever had the crooked politicians that they had in Flint, they probably would have piped us in river from Saginaw River or uh, or the Tib, and we would have gotten E. coli poisoning or worse, or, you know, something out of the Simpsons. Holly, do you remember going down to Tennessee as a kid? Uh, at grandma and grandpa's and we would swim in the in the lake that would border like the chemical plants no you don't remember that at all no oh my gosh yeah but there would be you know a certain lake we go to but off in the distance you saw because i I would say mom that's where homer simpson works (laughs) 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 but there would be the big chemical plant and i'm like now as an adult i'm like Man, this explains so much about me. <laughs> we had a nuclear plant in uh, in Michigan, pretty close to where I grew up. Um, but they ended up closing it down because they had a meltdown. Jeez. Damn. Have you ever seen, like, oh. slightly off topic, the drones that went into uh, Chernobyl and went into the areas that human beings can't go still because of the radiation. I've, yeah, I've seen some freaky shit. Um, mm-hmm, yeah, I've seen some of that. Listeners, if you have a chance to look up the Chernobyl drone videos, I suggest it. It's very creep, creepy, cryptic. It's really cool, though. Like It's something that you can't turn away from. You can see um, where the pools were, like the recreation center. You can see gas masks laying everywhere. Um you know, bedrooms still set up with dolls and you, you could, I mean, it tells the story of what happened. You know, it, it's extremely cryptic and you've got wild dogs over there who've been exposed to um, radiation and uh, so forth. But uh, Chernobyl happened, what was it? Was that in the 60s? Uh, no, that I thought that was like 70s or 80s, but I can't remember now. Um, yeah, so still people can't go into areas of Chernobyl because of the uh, radiation exposure. That's well, nuts. Well, it's like uh, where we dropped atomic bombs in Japan. I mean, in some areas Not where the buildings exactly. are still standing, people's mm-hmm. shadows are still burned into the sides of buildings. That's it's crazy. Oh. That's creepy. Mm-mm. So, yeah, humans are awesome. We, we like leaving our mark on civilization. It is Us in your nature to destroy yourselves. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting because I've been watching a lot of Frankenstein stuff in the last couple of weeks because of Halloween coming up and how that became such a parable for the things we would end up doing, like things we hadn't even started to do when Mary Shelley wrote that in the early 1800s. 
Um, I don't know how much you guys know about that. It's really interesting. Mary Shelley lost a baby mm-hmm. uh, in childbirth, and that's where the whole Frankenstein story came from, her desire to be able to bring a, a, someone lost back to life, you know, born anew, um, which at the time was, was unheard of, you know. Certainly there were no technological advances to that degree in the 1800s, but think about all the weird stuff we are able to do these days for, for good and evil, both in the name of war and the name of scientific progress. And Mary Shelley really forecasted that with Frankenstein. Oh. Yeah, everybody's trying to play God. I wanted to ask yeah. you, too, about your story with the the werewolf-like creature. Um, what did your friend say about that? He believed it. He totally... Yeah, I mean, he, he was, was in the car. I was going to say, wasn't he still in the car? Yeah, he was in the car, like I said. Uh, he didn't see... Both of us were looking straight ahead. Like, I'd already backed the car out into the road, ready to go ahead. And all of a sudden, this pause and snout jam itself into the window, but couldn't quite get at my ear, thank God, um, because of how much I had the window rolled up, which is a weird coincidence, honestly. That's what led me to... You know, one of the things that led me to say it was a werewolf. I'm like, okay... There are no coincidences in this world. That was fucked up. So, so yeah, uh, and neither of us got a good, clear look at it, you know, because by the time that thing came at us, I already punched it. And so the snout got pulled out uh, of the window and the paws, and then we were gone, just gone. But he had to grab the wheel to keep me from driving into a ditch, so neither of us were looking to the left to see what this thing looked like. And you couldn't look in your rear view to see it because, again, it was pitch black behind us, and we just wanted to get the hell out. Because my car was a piece of shit, and the last thing I wanted was for it to die on that back road. And I'm like, oh, we're just going to sit out here and get eat. So, <laughs> Have you ever been back down there? Yeah. I, I used to have to drive there a lot uh, for my old day job. Um, I used to work for a parks and recreation department, and I would have to deliver sports equipment for various uh, families that were participating in these these events we had. And there were a few houses that lived deep back there, like beyond where I was. Um, but, you know, I never saw anything, you know, no one had a dog, you know, uh, and theoretically you would think, well, they'd probably just let their dogs run around because it's, it's farmland and whatnot and anything's possible. Um, but I never saw one during the day. And it's not like dogs are nocturnal necessarily. So, mm. so I don't know. Probably scared to go down there uh, when it's dark <laughs> after that. Yeah. No, I mean, I uh, I have irrational uh, fears about stuff like that. I always have. And I think they've, they've calmed down a little bit as I've gotten older. But, you know, I've seen enough weird crap that it's sort of instilled a irrational fear in me. Did it, like, so. make any noises? Oh, yeah, it absolutely did. It was like, imagine... An extra, okay, imagine like a dog snarling. Like you, and you guys have grown up, you know, downriver. People have had dogs. People have had big dogs, German Shepherds, Rottweilers, whatever. And imagine the deepest, you know, snarl you've ever heard a dog realistically make, you know, barking and whatnot. And then make it deeper. Make it like, I don't know, 80% deeper than you've ever heard a dog bark before. And that's what it was. It some bass. It was almost... This is what really spooked me. It wasn't like any dog I'd ever heard. It was like a man yelling at you, doing an impression of a dog. Weird. That's crazy. Um, that freaked that's me out, too. Really I'd be like, bye. Maybe he's trying to chime <laughs> in and with you guys about Seinfeld. 
As a kid, I'd been attacked by dogs before. Nothing serious. You know, I've been bit or chased or whatever. So I knew what it was like. I knew what dogs sounded like and, and what it was about. But that messed me up. I mean, that was deep and scary. And there was some humanity to that, that sound. So Weird. draw your own conclusions. I don't know. Jeez. Hmm. Craziness. Well, we're yeah. glad you're okay. Yeah. Yeah, you guys almost never got to meet me. Yeah, because he was going to make meat out of you. I don't know, I was trying to throw a pun in there. (laughs) That was a good pun. Oh, thanks. I try. I'm so tired. (laughs) That was the best best pun ever, so. Oh, thanks. Oh, man. Well, anyway, listen, I should probably let you guys get back to your show, because I don't want to... I could be stupid and, and, and not take up time on your show so oh you're fine jay you actually you were a big highlight to the show today we yes, appreciate that thank you yeah you're like a walking well, encyclopedia for old shit too that's totally <laughs> i'm a wealth of useless knowledge so. i love it though you would no, kick so great. much ass on a trivia team it's not even funny that's true yeah i know yeah i'm good at pop culture stuff and this weird mythology crap so no that's kind of cool that you know all that stuff though because it's interesting well, that, the dog woman, uh, well, you said it's a dog man. I read that it was a dog woman on, on Belle Isle. What? Yeah. You guys hear about that? No. I didn't. Okay, so okay, so what had happened was, like, on Belle Isle, they used to have sort of a zoo there, right? Yeah. At one point, there was, like, a zoo on Belle Isle. Nothing major, not like the Detroit Zoo or anything, but something a little more manageable. And they lost money, as as is the case. And rather than relocating the animals, setting them off in the wild, or taking them to another zoo, they just let them go. And so for a while there, uh, these animals just roamed around. And so the way I heard it, there was this homeless woman living on the island, and she was sort of communing with these animals, and one day got attacked and uh, didn't kill her, but she became more and more feral, and she became this sort of dog woman of, of Belle Isle. So. A bitch. A bitch. Mm-hmm. A so bitch she she got attacked and then she turned into a dog woman. I guess that's a simpler way to put it. Yeah, but the, I think it's more of like a mental state where oh. she just became more feral and like you know. Plus, she so was she had rabies. Good in the form from, I was gonna say she well, well with rabies you die. But, oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. Probably huh, money shot yeah. or rabies. You be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> and probably deformed from getting chewed to shit by wild dogs too. So right. yeah, right. weird. Oh man, don't go to Bella at night. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, at least not thirty years ago. So not now either. Shit. How old was she then? Yeah, now she you might be like robbed. Right. Back then, you had to worry about dogs chewing you up. Police presence now. So maybe they shut her down. And they hit it. No, no, this, it's safe over there. <laughs> they shot the bitch. <laughs> the government would do something like that and not, not say it. Yeah. They called in the National Guard to take care of the bitch. <laughs> the dog bitch? <laughs> the Detroit bitch. <laughs> oh, it's going to be God. the next uh, comic to be released through SourcePoint Press, the bitch of Belle Isle or the bitch of Bob Island. <laughs> well, you know what? It's funny that you say that because me and David Hayes are actually in talks about something similar. 
You and Purple Hayes are going to be doing a comic book? David Hayes. I call him Purple. He doesn't know this, but he'll figure it out if he listens to the show. Purple. He's not listening to this shit. Purple Rain. (laughs) Purple Pain. I'm bringing it. Uh, Well, thank you so much. We so appreciate you. That was awesome. I loved your stories. Cool. Well, you guys have a great night. Happy Halloween. And hopefully I'll uh, see you guys again sometime soon. Did you dress up, by the way? Did I? Uh, yeah, I dressed up as a guy with a deadline to draw My Little Pony, and uh, I wore the costume well. So. <laughs> well, go work on your stuff. Jay, where can we find you? Uh, at my kitchen table or at jfosgit.com. All right. That is J-A-Y-F-O-S-G-I-T-T. When is your next yeah. show, by the way, that you're doing? My next show? Your next uh, um, yeah, Comic-Con. You know, I actually, because I've been so busy lately, I, I had to cancel my last two conventions for the year. I was supposed oh, to do two okay. different shows in Texas. Uh, but I can say that uh, right now I am working on a radio show based on my comic book, Dead Duck and Zombie Chick Rising from the Grave, uh, which is published by Source Point Press. So myself and Travis McIntyre are producing it in Toronto, and we've got a voice talent in place. I'm going out there this coming weekend to sort of do a run-through with the actors. And then we're going to do a final recording the first week in December. And I'm voicing Dead Duck, and the rest are all professional actors. So it's going to be really sweet. Awesome. Wow. Congratulations, Jay. Thank you. Be safe so this anyway, weekend. Yeah. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, thanks, guys. See you later. All right, see you. Bye. Bye. Did you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break and regroup. When we come back, we'll have something. (laughs) Until then, until then, Jay Fosgett's been added to the watch list. Screw it. All right, hit it. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, you can take a jet plane that's so fast it breaks the sound barrier. You can get the (laughs) hell out of here. You can move to Mars. You can get abducted by aliens, but yeah, you cannot escape the watch list. This is why you open because you have the best like lines my, my favorite one was you can what you can delete that? those browser cookies you can shave your butt and teach yourself to walk backwards <laughs> when did you use that one i used that one well you were here I, yet. Oh. that was the last show damn, like in the beginning damn it i miss all the good stuff i'm sorry i'll bust out some, some better lines that's what I was doing when I was shaving my ass and walking backwards to get here. <laughs> I was trying to get off that government watch list. Jeez, I think I would put you on one. I was looking at all these pictures of Chernobyl, and I'm like, I thought when a nuke issue happened, like it just disintegrated everything. No, it was a it was a power plant that uh, melted down. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, but why is there still stuff? Shouldn't there be like no stuff? What what site me. are you looking at? Uh, boardpanda.com. Yeah, it's yeah. If you ever get a chance, I mean, on YouTube they have, um, you know, where you can uh, find the drone videos, and uh, they're very cryptic. Huh. Uh, it's sad. It's really sad. You know. Um. Yeah, they did not expect that shit to happen, and. Uh, they were too late. And I cannot get this taffy open for the life of me. <laughs> taffy is one of those things where you either open it successfully in the first try or now it's just like a bunch of 
freaking gum. You, you either open yeah. it successfully or you just eat it with a wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> Which Casey is now doing. It's okay. You'll poop out the plastic. It's fine. I think they're all the plastic. plastic. <laughs> is anybody listening right now? Because I feel like if you are and you've ever played with a Ouija board and you had a weir- weird or bad experience, you should call in. Yep. Two four eight five seven nine five two nine zero. I feel like since it's Halloween, that's probably one of the things that people would want to talk about. <laughs> Casey, have you guys ever played about the jazz? Board? I was just going to ask you that. No. When actually, well, didn't you when you you were younger? Because we used to go to my uh, my cousin, our cousin Megan's house, and she had one. Yeah, I never and played though. My I think was, me and you were the only ones at these sleepovers that would like sit on the couch and right. just watch them do this. Well, I grew up fire and brimstone Pentecostal. There was no way I was messing with that. I was just chicken shit, <laughs> and, and with good reason. <laughs> but you know, I actually one of my one of my uncles um, on my uh, dad's side, he had a Ouija board, and he would never really tell me the story. But he said he had a really bad experience with it. And that he never wanted to touch it again. And so he had it in a secret location, just like hidden. I feel like you should have your uncle call in and be like, <laughs> all right, I feel like it's time you tell the story now. It's like going on 11 o'clock at night. He's like in bed. Right. Hello? <laughs> Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> Remember that Ouija board? Fuck that Ouija board hangs up. <laughs> Don't ever Don't bring that bring up again. That up. <laughs> PTSD. <laughs> My sister and I played with a Ouija board when we were young, but I'm pretty sure it was just like her moving it. You know, so I don't think we were actually talking to anybody. Pretty sure Kimmy was just faking the whole thing and Matt wasn't a real person. So was that that the person whose name came up? Yeah, Matt. I don't even remember. I mean, this is back when we were young, young. My memory is like crap because I smoke a lot of pot. So, (laughs) you know, I don't remember. It was the pot or was it the Ouija board? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's like a game. Pot or Ouija board? (laughs) You reached out Uh, to me. So there was that game, and then you go uh, to sleepovers, and you play like light as a feather, stiff as a board. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it really ha- like worked, or you think it's just everybody's finger powers together? Were, like, I, I think it was energy. I think it was polarity kind of thing. Uh, I don't. I don't think it was anything spirit wise, you know, because it didn't happen like it happened in the craft where you remove your fingers and oh, they're floating. I feel like <laughs> that was one of yeah. the games, I guess, if you want to call it, that I wasn't scared about. That I would do, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Ouija board, I don't, I don't touch that shit. No, no. Uh, you, you summon something, or you're, you're asking. But I remember, like my cousins, um, or our cousin, would play these games, and then they'd get these names and say that they used to live in the house, and then we all get spooked out, and the next day it's like, oh, that was all just shit. No <laughs> one by that name ever lived here. Um. But I do believe that people have occurrences where it actually is really spooky, especially, I guess, if you're playing it by yourself, which I don't really understand when, why people play things by themselves, especially the Ouija board, unless, I guess, you're trying to connect with a past loved one that you're like, oh, it's their anniversary of their death or something, and you're like, oh, their birthday, and you just want to reach out and you're trying to like have a connection with them. But I think you probably should go to a psychic for that. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. I feel like that's... uh. Walking down a really shifty road. <laughs> Casey's like, her phone is possessed. I do remember um, I went to summer camp 
you know, like every other flipping kid on the planet. But uh, one year I had like this Indian, um, I guess, whatever they were, camp leader or whatever, like, you know, yeah. the person in your cabin that is the adult. <laughs> yeah. Like so, the guidance yeah. person. Yeah. Like, oh, the counselor. counselor Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. So we went and we would camp like in tents one night, you know, on the other side of the lake or whatever, on the south side of the lake. And she like had us all sit there in a circle and like focus on the sound of the crickets while everyone was like sleeping. We were trying to like make them louder or whatever, you know. And uh, they actually did get louder. But I don't know if that's just because we were focusing on them so hard that we were just that's what we were focused on. So it sounded louder to us. Was this a game just to get everybody to shut up at first? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, everybody was playing, <laughs> so probably. <laughs> like, and then it was like, but I could see how, I mean, that would be creepy because you like, are tuning, like, you're tuning into something, so it probably would seem like it's getting louder, or I don't know, possibly. I mean, it wasn't louder. creepy. We were just like, oh, that's pretty cool. Right. You know, but I think mm-hmm. it's just because we were focusing so hard on that one sound like it drowned every other sound out and probably got louder to all of us at the same time because we were all focusing on it. Well, you I know? think it's like when you take away a sense, like uh, your eyesight, um, other senses become, you know, more magnified. Yeah. And if you're tuning into something, it probably becomes more magnifying because you're uh, trying to get rid of the other distractions that you have going on. Yeah. yeah, if you focus in on it, it gets louder all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. So maybe just like... If you listen uh, harder, consciously <laughs> tuning into, um, uh, increasing your Senses sound qualities, or, or yeah, you're you're um, magnifying yeah. the sound. Have well, so yeah, Casey, you you've never really used them, and we were the, the chicken shits, or maybe we were just we were well, you were very ones. very religious, mm-hmm. um, and I was religious as well, but. Smart one sitting on the couch watching these people play this. But then I watched these scary, uh, supposedly true stories of people who played, like I said earlier. And um, Actually, there was this one where the lady played a Ouija board and she claims that she summoned some evil... She, didn't, she wasn't trying to summon it, but it just ended up coming through. And then she was trying to find a way to contain it because there was evil spirit around her. So then she contained it in a box. I don't know exactly how you do that. I guess there's a process to it. Maybe she had a proton pack. <laughs> she busted that ghost. But I'm like, two in the box, uh, ready to go. That. I don't know. I think if you do mess with those things, you need to know what you're doing. Yeah. Have some like protection. You need to call the Order of Exorcist. <laughs> Orderofexorcist.com. Some, uh, I kind of do want to go play with a Ouija board now just to see what happens. Like, <laughs> I never came back to podcast Detroit again. <laughs> we have not seen her since uh, she played Has with the Ouija seen board. Jess? I've been trying to reach her for three days. She's just living in the moment. You walk in, you're just like Ouija board on the floor. And what trance. if there is no tomorrow? Screw it. <laughs> Like rocking back and forth and like <laughs> crawling at people, We're like foaming at the mouth and trying to like bite people. Watching then I have you to... through the window because, like we said, we won't get close to anyone who's possessed. <laughs> right, we'll have the hazmat suits on. We're on the phone with Order of Exorcists. Listen, it's not about the interview. This is serious this time. <laughs> no, this bitch is actually possessed. 
Jazz, she's you hissing at me and everything. <laughs> that was pretty good. Jazz doesn't hear. <laughs> have, you, have you guys ever seen the movie The Right with Anthony Hopkins? No. no. It's a possession movie. I really like that movie. It's a recommendation. I actually got it for five bucks at 7 Eleven. All right. But uh, I, I Thank heaven. Right? Uh, got that in a slurpee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a really good movie, and it followed the kind of the same formula as The Exorcist, where you've got a young priest questioning his faith, blah, blah, blah. They send him to Rome to take exorcism classes and be under um, uh, this uh, priest's uh, sort of guidance and mm-hmm. who does exorcisms because he wants to make a believer out of him. Right. And he does... Like the first girl, um, if you don't want to hear this and you want to see the film, you know, I mean, this isn't isn't much of a spoiler, um, but the first girl that comes to him um, is pregnant, teenage girl. Mm -hmm. She looks perfectly normal and she's getting an exorcism and he's like, why are you exercising her? You know, she's perfectly fine. And so uh, they bring her into the room and, uh, you know, he tells... The young priest, I have a $5 American bill in this bag. He said the first sign of demonic possession is psychic ability. And so um, he's telling her, you know, they're speaking in Italian, uh, what's in the bag? And she says, how would I know? I I do not know. And uh, he's like, really focus, like really think about it. What is in that bag? What's in the bag? And finally he screams at her, like, you know, in the name of Christ, what is in that bag? And she said, $5 American. And, uh... Then she has, you know, she starts you know, hissing and like, you know, um, just writhing around and um, she repeats something that was said to the young priest a while ago, like a line in the film that mm-hmm. she would never know about. Right. And uh, it was a bartender had said, you know, because he gave her a ride home, said lickety split. Mm-hmm. I'll be ready, lickety split. And uh, she says that and he still doesn't believe. But then, you know exorcism's done but she has got to come back for more and i guess there are some exorcisms that just take time like like well she's still possessed oh yeah she's possessed but you know i mean it's not like a a one and done kind of the deal you know right it's gonna take a, a lot of time so hmm so that movie uh uh by the way back in my day Six dollars <laughs> could buy you a possession movie and a slurpee <laughs> <laughs> but um that movie uh, Haunting uh, I bring it up again because remember uh, we were talking about where she got uh, what's, what um, dang it she got AIDS <laughs> <laughs> it's not, this is not oh, possessed. possessed. She, <laughs> well, she was possessed but then she was uh, they were trying to get her on possessed dang it why too much schooling today taking tests exorcist the yeah. exorcist came out and was trying to get the demon out of out of her. Anyways, so they're in the basement and I remember scary ass shit. If this is if this is exactly how it went down, I don't know. People are brave because he. I think he. What did he do? He put his hand on her head. Was is that how it worked? Mm-hmm. Put his hand on her head and then he was like, or she was threw him literally threw him across the room and almost killed him. Like, and I think that they actually said that he almost died from, right, from doing yeah. that. Um, supposed to be, you know, what really happened in real life. Have, have you but, seen 
Go, I'm sorry, go ahead. I really think you would have to be someone pretty brave anyways to do that because if you're going up against a demon, you have to have a pretty brave soul. And I think that's the only way you could defeat something like that is just obviously the power of Christ and having courageous strength. Oh, yeah. Well, like on that uh, website, they said you have to be ready to do battle. Like we're looking for serious warriors. Yeah, here. you, you know, you got to know what you're up against. out. Easily right. spewing, and then obviously the more that you, um, I don't know exactly what that entails, but the more that you go forward with it, the more that the demon inside this person is going to react and become violent and, uh, you know, fight against you. Yeah, like superhuman strength. Like, have you seen the the film The Exorcist? The original? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Pazuzu in in the beginning killed a man. Oh yeah, threw him out the damn window. Yeah. Crazy. That's true. I almost forgot about that. And they're saying, well, they could say anything's based on a true story. Right. That's a very loose term. Originally, I, I suppose it was a, a boy in Massachusetts, um, but of course they have this girl named Reagan. Um, actually, I tried to watch the. You know what? Screw Netflix, by the way, because you guys claim that you have horror movies streaming. You have the most knockoff <laughs> D list, straight to DVD VHS BS that I've ever seen, and you're not what you used to be. I was looking for The Exorcist, classic horror films, right? Right. They don't even have the first Freddy, they've got like Freddy 5. Oh. Oh, it was so bad. Oh, so bad. So bad. Um, but you know, there was nothing we could watch. I'm like, they don't, and Jason's never seen The Exorcist. I go, right. dude, this is my, like my favorite movie. I could like, right. I could be a one woman show, which would actually be hilarious. <laughs> but, um, so we're trying to watch it and I'm trying to watch it on YouTube cause there's a bootleg. It's a horrible upload. I'm like, I'm not watching this unless it's like HD. Right. You can't have that impression. Then you get them subtitles no. in there that don't like some other language that is like I don't even like what is that that is not even Spanish or Chinese what is that <laughs> but uh, it's demon speak and that's like really a distraction like a huge distraction but um, as far as the exorcist goes they actually said that that actor she had issues after well, I mean I mean I know that her back uh, physical got hurt because oh, of Linda her Blair. thrashing yeah. around from the scene but also wasn't she wasn't she, didn't she have some occurrences as far as spiritual wise too after that like they all kind of did one guy uh didn't he get cancer and uh he became really sick or something right after i'm trying to remember exactly but i, I remember reading that they all had their own personal experiences after uh filming like, that movie yeah cursed movies uh you know i mean we're gonna run maybe five minutes over but that's fine um <clears throat> i'm gonna look this up because the the same happened with uh poltergeist or maybe that's is that the movie I'm thinking of? Um, but I thought that the exorcist had the actors um, a little freaked out after because they had experiences uh, that they couldn't really say why these things happened to them, but it was a little spooky. Oh, here's seven reasons according to Blumhouse.com. Um, is the exorcist movie cursed? Seven reasons why some people think that it's haunted. All right. Uh, one, it's based off a of real-life event. Uh, two, shooting was delayed after the set caught fire, destroying what was supposed to be uh, the McNeil's home. Uh, director uh, William Fredkin um, blamed the incident on a winged creature with talons. It seemed a pigeon had found its way into one of the circuit boxes and caused the fire. Uh, during the film, actress Ellen uh, 
Bernst, who played Reagan's mother, was actually injured when the possessed Reagan throws her to the ground to take... Uh, the take was actually used in the film, and the blood-curling scream she lets out is completely genuine. It's still bother- The injury still bothers her to this day. Uh, number four, chances are good that any film that takes over a year to complete will be associated with bad incidents, but The Exorcist has, has a few deaths. Actor mm-hmm. um, McGowan, and I'm not going to attempt that, Vasiliki, um, uh, Maliros, both died while the film was in post-production. What makes their death strange is that their characters died in the film as well. Other deaths that occurred around the filming of The Exorcist, including Linda Blair's, Blair's grandfather and Max von Sydow's brother, who died on Max's first day of shooting. Um, although while filming, the son of Jason Miller, who played father Damien Karras, was nearly killed when a motorcycle hit him. Uh, number five, while filming one of the possession scenes, Linda was thrown out of the bed when a piece of rigging broke, causing her to enter her back. Additionally, after the film's release, Linda received so many death threats that the studio had to hire bodyguards to escort her for six months. Uh, In 1986, actress Mercedes um, McCambridge, who played the demonic voice of Pazuzu, was the victim of a horrific tragedy when her son murdered his wife and children before taking his own life. Dang. That's creepy. (laughs) Yeah. Number seven, many believe that the film was actually cursed and that playing it through a projector was an invitation for demonic possession. Televangelist Billy Graham stated there is a power of evil in the film, in the fabric of the film itself. When it was first released, the film was banned in every Middle Eastern country except Lebanon. The re-release was banned in Lebanon. Uh, During the Roman premiere, audiences had to fight their way through a torrential downpour uh, accompanied by thunder and lightning in order to get in the theater. Many inside claimed to hear a horrific, almost demonic cry coming from outside once the film started rolling. At one showing, a woman was so frightened she passed out in the theater and broke her jaw when she fell. She later sued the filmmakers, suggesting the subliminal messages uh, caused the accident. Warner Brothers settled out of court for an undisclosed amount. Um, yeah, and I've heard that there's a lot of subliminal messages uh, in that film and you know there's little easter eggs too that I found from watching it over again like um, in the background when she's playing with the Ouija board in the basement trying to call Captain Howdy you see her drawings on the wall she had drawn characters from the line the witch in the wardrobe um, which of course Zion would represent Christ and things like that um, when the phone rings in the middle of the night and her mom turns on the light there's a picture of Reagan in the background with her arm, her hands folded in prayer little things like that um, flashes of demons on the screen intermittently it's really weird when was there flashes of demons? well there was a Pazuzu uh, in the beginning when she enters a room Hang on, I'll show you the face because it scared me when I was reading it. I mean, how, it came oh, up so I'm driving home tonight. <laughs> you know when you drive home and you're always checking your back seat? <laughs> I do that every time oh, I get yeah, into my yeah. car yeah. at nighttime, though. I check yes. it before I get in. My right. psych teacher told me to do that years ago, though. Yeah, I always pops like, up on the screen a couple times. Creepy. I always feel like I'm going to look in my rearview mirror and there's going to be like someone who just slowly pops up and creeps me out all the time. <laughs> always tuck your car before you get in. Yeah, I mean, I do look back there, but I'm like... Mm. <laughs> Freaky man. I mean, so what year was uh, The Exorcist? Like, 1973. Original? I mean, those that makeup and everything was pretty good for the 70s. Like the job that they did on... yeah. 
that regular. film is messed up. But it is. Let me tell you, it's a work of art. Mm-hmm. Uh, she spews out the vomit. Oh, the pea Blech. soup. Blech. Yeah. So gross. And her head goes around. <laughs> Those Lord are all mercy. good, you know. You know, though, in closing, <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, people can say that it's, um, it's a horror film and it's demonic. It's whatever. It's just that it's really a battle between good and evil. And in the end, um, you know, Father Karras sacrifices himself in the name of good. And uh, good won that day because Reagan, of course, was, was fine after that. Um, but it, it, it took a sacrifice to do it. And uh, I think it's a story of how no matter how evil, good will always triumph. That's how I see it. Could you imagine if she didn't, like, turn out good at the end? Oh, that would horrible. <laughs> I'm like, the worst scary movie ever. Yeah. And now everybody gets to go home and get all freaked out because it never got it resolved. Right? A very good unnerving night. ending. Well, a lot of horror movies are like that. Uh, like, there is no hope. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the, the new one, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't the end of that just showing you, like, like, the most snippets horrible, from... Like, the original, like, filmy or whatever. It's like everybody dies and... Yeah. It's like... There's no happy ending. Na, 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 na. Yeah, there's no happy ending at all. Yep. I watched the whole thing and I was like, I need peace. Right. <laughs> I, I, need, well, that's, I need to get, get out of here and believe that I'm going to live. <laughs> well, with horror, it's like, that's what makes it a horror is that it never gets better for the main character. And then I'm like, does life ever get better after this? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, popping a good old Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, when I watch like uh, scary movies, I have to balance it out with something good. So, yeah, you got to get the taste out of your mouth. You got to like, like um, try to revive yourself, cleanse your palate. Yeah. So we leave you with that. Yep. So uh, until next time, you can eat all the candy you want, become the biggest fat ass in the world, and no one will recognize you. But it doesn't matter because you're already on the watch list. <laughs> so they'll just look you up by your social security number and roll your fat ass to prison. Alrighty, that's it for us. Uh, happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Be safe. Halloween. Good night. Good night.